Hello and welcome to Cross Street Coaching. I'm your host, Jason, from Hawthorne Union. This show is designed to be bite-sized information on personal growth, career, and leadership development, and professional coaching. All right, Jason here, and we're back with another episode of Cross Street Coaching. And with me today is Lori. Hi, Jason. So happy to be here. Yeah. And Lori, how do you like to be introduced? Oh, I am Lori Beard. I am a mother of eight children, grandma of four, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a life clinical hypnosis practitioner. Awesome. And so this is actually a really cool conversation because we actually connected over Facebook through one of the coaching groups. So I'd like to hear a little bit about why you had interest to come on the show. Oh, because I am all about helping coaches be step it up, scale it up, or share a little bit of my experience so it can motivate, inspire, or help another fellow coach out there. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. So let's dive right in. Uh, Lori, why don't you talk to me a little bit about how you support and help coaches today? Okay. And I don't, I don't know if I skipped this, but I want to thank you for having me as a guest. And how do I help coaches today mm-hmm. um, and other professionals? I help them get out of their heads. I help them with the, their mind because I am a clinical hypnosis practitioner. I help unblock emotional barriers that stand in the way for them to be fearless and be limitless and do what they're been, they've been called to, to do. Yeah. And so for those who are not familiar with you know, hypnosis or clinical hypnosis practice. Can you dive a little bit into what that means to you and how you describe it to other people? Absolutely. It's such a great um, modality to combine with the coaching. In my opinion, it's been amazing. And where, where I went to school, it was an online school based in Arizona, Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. When I heard of the combination of the certifications and how empowering it is, I said, I want to do this. I want to be able to help people in at a subconscious level. So what happens is that we are humans and we are creatures of habit. And we have a lot of unconscious patterns, okay? The same way as we blink and we breathe, We also automatically think of negative thoughts all the time that stand in the way to move forward in life. And when that gets in the way, sooner or later, that is going to manifest in somebody's profession, somebody's realm, whether that's in their personal realm or their professional realm. And that is where I like to intervene or help people. Typically, my clients are uh, individuals that have struggled and Um, are done, are tired of their repeated patterns, and they're ready to transform and to make a change. Some people have never gotten help, and other people have been going to um, traditional counseling. And talking therapy is what I call it. It's great. And I've done it. I've been there. And it's recommendable for many individuals. But some people that have gotten great outcomes with me say, hey, you should be called a mind coach instead because I retrain individuals. I I train them to reprogram their mind with their self-sabotaging thought processing patterns, if that makes sense. Does that answer? 
Yeah, <laughs> <It was> a- <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive in um, to that a little bit. But I do love that you touched upon how that tr- compared to traditional therapy, that this is not necessary a replacement, but it's a different a different modality. What I heard you say. So, for example, the way that I liken it is that I think therapy is amazing and it's a great tool, especially in terms of trauma, in terms of of clinical uh, diagnosis. But you would go to your regular doctor, your regular health practitioner for, you know, for your general checkups, but you would go to a personal trainer for a workout. You would maybe look on blogs or ask other people. So it's just, you know, for diet plans, not necessarily, you wouldn't go to your doctor for everything, but for certain things. And some people, they have certain needs that are fulfilled by a professional doctor. So I love that you touched upon when your, uh, your practice is most appropriate. Very good. So absolutely. You're so right. And I like that you compared it that way. So if a personal trainer is training you, and you're wanting to build muscle, but then you get injured in one of those movements or workouts, you, you, the, the personal trainer is not going to be able to help. So that's when a physical, you know, uh, therapist comes in or an orthopedic surgeon, all, all of those, right? So I cannot diagnose and I cannot do that. But if somebody suffers from depression, for example, I cannot say I treat that. But then I say, there's something underlying. That's only the tip of the iceberg. And there's so many underlying reasons why this person potentially, you know, I like to explore. Why is it that there's those symptoms of depression? And those are the ones I help the individuals with. Usually some memories from the past, some some emotions attached to to some perceptions, perceptions of their upbringing and their formation. It's, it stands in the way. Yeah, I think that coaching in collaboration with with therapy or any other alternative modalities when a person finds what works for them is actually very, very powerful because they're getting their clinical depression treated, but then the coaching is helping them with the 364 days out of the year where they're trying to live a normal life. And that's where coaching can be really, really effective, especially in collaboration. I don't think that one supports the other. So I'd like to kind of dive into the hypnosis a little bit, because when most people think about hypnosis, they are thinking of the stage performance where they get people to, you know, walk around and and dance to silly songs and so forth. So how would you differentiate a stage performance from the work that you do? That is so funny. And I love that you asked that question to clarify. And that's why I like to do to, uh, definitely differentiate right um so you said dance but then some people think are you going to make me bark like a dog or <laughs> clock like a chicken? and i'm like no, no. and i don't eat lines <laughs> either so Shucks. you know i don't do the pendulum i don't do the school of thought where i came from is um very simple i do a lot of metaphorical stories or scripts where it helps the the subconscious mind um recreate an imaginary journey or a metaphorical story where the subconscious mind is so naive, it's so gullible that it believes it, right? And that is how um, people start reprogramming their patterns. Um, Stage hypnosis is for fun. Definitely there is some skills and things that hypnotist does to impress the audience. But let me say something. Everything you do in hypnosis, right? Me, I cannot control the person, mm-hmm. not even the 
person on stage can't control a person's mind unless the person allows for them to control it is so volunteer you know it's a voluntary thing that like voluntary meaning like they volunteer to do it and they accept to play in the game right so with clinical hypnosis which is the one that i do it is clinical hypnosis helps um the with pain management and with um these situations and negative memories and things like that but every hypnosis is self-hypnosis it is only going to work, right? Like everything, like placebo effect and the nocebo effect. It's going to work if you allow it and if you're open to receive and if you allow for yourself to be guided in the process. So that is the difference. I don't touch people. I don't use a pendulum. It's all guidance with my voice, giving some instructions and suggestions it's because the power of suggestibility is amazing. Um, and the person is open to receive um, and then surrendering to that process of me helping them to get to that trance state, out, out, you know, altered trance state of mind so they can receive and reprogram. And I can give you examples of things that have happened that are amazing. Yeah. So no nefarious undertones, no plots to take over the world, but <laughs> actual support. So uh, let's kind of dive in because you said that you believe in the the power of suggestibility. So I would love for you to dive in and share where you have seen that power be most impactful. Excellent. So a little bit of an example of people that come on people living their everyday lives. If you go to the movie theater, if you go to the movie theater and see on the big screen that huge ice, you know, and then the soda only with the click, you know, that, you know, the people opening the can, mm -hmm. or something, what triggers that? It triggers something that helps uh, that, that, of course, helps with their marketing because it it motivates them. Right. It triggers them to go out there and buy the snack, the soda, the popcorn, whatever it is. Right. So that is the power of suggestibility, whether it's subliminal or whether it's just visual or auditory. Right. Some people you ask them about smells and, and, and people. Is there a smell, Jason, that you are related to and gives you trigger some emotions inside of you, like watermelon or a perfume or something specific? Oh, it's going to it's going to have to be coffee. I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. It's it, okay. I associate it with waking up. With waking up, mm -hmm. how far back in your mind, how old were you and what other memories and emotions does it? you know, bring to your, to your mind. No, oh, easily right away. The first time that I ever actually enjoyed a, a, a black cup of coffee was with my younger brother in Hawaii having pure Kona coffee. And, and sometimes when I channel and when I think about freshly ground coffee, that, that smell definitely comes back. So I'm able to channel that right on. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. And then, and then, so I ask you for emotions and, you know, the way you described it, I think there was connection with your brother mm -hmm. and those bonds, you know, brotherhood, you know, failures, you know, sibling bond. I mean, so that is the power of suggestibility. So I don't know what happens to you, how often you go to a Starbucks or how often you drink coffee, but I guess, does it make you happy oh, or I like pumped up for your day? Absolutely. I love, I love the process. I'm a big fan of a pour over of getting beans, grinding. I, I just love the, the process. It's part of my morning routine. So 
So does that does that explain it a little bit, the power of suggestibility? <laughs> it makes it very, very clear. Excellent. So thank you for that, Lori, shedding a little bit light on on hypnosis. So let's bring it back around to to coaching and how this power of suggestibility impacts other coaches. Very good. So it impacts them because they discover, they explore what is it that is happening inside of them that they can sometimes not even articulate themselves. Um, And with the tools that we know, right, that Mm. we have, our intuitive questions and all that, it is just the cherry on top because it helps them then, okay, I discovered what it is. I release that feeling, that emotion, that blockage, and now I can step forward into my greatness. I can reach out. I can do my Facebook videos. I can go to the networking meeting, you know, face-to-face networking meeting and promote myself with my 30-second pitch. I can offer my webinar or my, my masterclass with more confidence. So it is wonderful. Um, you're saying coaches, but I love to uh, help any professional. And I was in a networking meeting and um, this mental health professional was there. And I gave away, I was a speaker at the, at the moment and I gave away a free hypnosis session. I had everybody put your business cards in here and you're, somebody's going to get this free hypnosis session. Mm-hmm. So as it turned out, of course, she wanted the mental health professional. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, oh no, let's see what, how is it gonna? And I, I even asked her, I said, do you want it? And she's like, I do, I want to go through this. And so we went on with the session, right? And it's just wonderful how in all that time that we were talking pre, you know, the interview and coaching and trying to help her figure it out, her main issue or intention for the session she's like she's starting in her field Mm -hmm. she's like i want to be able to be effective i want to be able to attract people and then she doesn't like marketing she's like but i don't want to do the work that it takes to sell myself so any coach knows that we go through this right any coach knows that we we don't think we're good enough we don't want to do the marketing why am i gonna you know say something about myself you know I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm pompous or what I'm saying. And I'm like, I ask her, have you helped people? And she's like, yes. Does it bring you joy and purpose on what you're doing? And she's like, yes. And I said, and have, and then you told me at the beginning, you invested a lot of time and hours in this. And she's like, yes. Are you proud of that and <laughs> your sacrifice and everything you're doing and accomplishing now? She's like, yes. So why not sell it? Why not say, this is how am I going to help you? And if coaches, if you're out there, if you think when you're going to network face-to-face, it's to help the people that are in the room to become your clients, that needs to, you need to let go of that because the purpose of networking is for you to uh, inspire trust with all the other networking people that are there so they can like you, get to know you and trust you so they can refer you to other people. Right. So we had the hypnosis session. And as it turned out from wanting to be effective, consciously talking, right. Wanting to be effective, wanting to be good at marketing and gain a little bit of self-confidence, you know, marketing herself. As it turned out, after the hypnosis session, she's like, something that came up to me that I wasn't able to put into words, to wor- words, excuse me, into words, is that I'm good enough. This idea that I'm not good enough. 
And what what my brain told me during this is that I am good enough. And I'm like, bingo. So how many minutes we were talking, right? She wasn't able to articulate that or figure it out or pinpoint it or lab- put a label on it or whatever it was. And after the hypnosis session, she was able to figure it out. And that's happened with so many people. I didn't even think of this. I didn't even think of that. And this is what's been holding me back. And those self-realizations are the ones that are magnificent. And they're great breakthroughs for them to step forward. That is an incredible story. Yeah, because that ties directly into the heart of some of the reasons why this show exists is because people that support and develop other people often don't feel like they're doing it right. But with the proper support, like you just talked about, when you're able to pull back and and look at all the work that they've done and look at the people that they've touched and the people they're going to help and how their service is a gift, right? Then, Then it just becomes a reframe. And so thank you so much for sharing that story. That was awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. And I want to add, it's not about us. It's about us and it's not about us. It's about us getting outside of our heads, mm-hmm. moving, resolving, reframing all of that so we can change lives. People are out there wanting what we have to offer, wanting what you, if you're listening, if you're a coach, wanting what you with your preparation, with your studies, with your personal experiences, have to offer for somebody to progress, to change, to transform. That's what it's it's about. <laughs> yeah, that's so so exciting. I mean, it gets me just electrified just thinking about that. So, Lori, let me ask you, when, when I'm hearing you talk about the actual process of using clinical um, hypnosis, it sounds very similar, if not parallel, to the kind of breakthroughs that people describe uh, in my own personal life with meditation or other things I would listen. How do you compare those two? I think it's the same, actually. This is why I, I almost... You know, I was certified and everything with the American Board of uh, Hypnosis Examiners and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, people kind of run away from that word. And I like to use it because I want them to understand and I want to educate people and debunk the, the, the bad reputation that it has. But it's really a guided meditation. So if anything, if you're listening and if you can get your hands on and I, I've been promoting this and I think I need to get royalties for doing this. But if they're <laughs> calm, have you he- heard of the apps calm and headspace? Yeah, I've heard of calm. Yeah. If you can put your hands in, in those, if you can upload it and listen to that, I mean, it's so crucial. The thing, the difference is that I customize those guided meditations, right? Because I have scripts and binders of scripts, but I have my favorite, most effective ones very close to me that, that are the most popular ones that work for my clients. But then there are scripts, literally there are scripts, right, that I read during it at that time and all that. And uh, but I customize them. Right. So that's the difference. I customize them with the intention, with the goals and the things they want to reframe and resolve and remove. And then we have the intention of what is that we want to replace things with. Actually, I just said basically most of the R's on my seven R's method Mm -hmm. Um, there. But that would be the only difference. But as you're being guided 
with that external story, external metaphor or script that is guiding you to this process where you're going to have this great breakthrough, breakthrough, um, it's almost the same as a meditation. It's just more customized. Yeah, and I think that as you're describing it, one of the things that I really appreciate is that you're tapping in to a, a part of the human brain that's normally reserved for maybe a spiritual belief system. And then you're taking the essence of that and applying it to other areas of people's lives, such as successful business, such as how they see themselves, imposter syndrome. And so using some of the most amazing and inspirational, uh, you know, undiscovered country, so to speak, of the human brain and just applying that methodology that's accessible to anyone, regardless if they, you know, if they drink kombucha or if they wear the beads or if they're a professional, they have a, they have a professional career. So I really, I really like what your approach to that is. Yes. And one more thing that, that it, it's very helpful with is with re- the relationship with money, mm-hmm. because that's the things that that is a big blockage. I have a an assessment I do that has to do with people's relationship with money. Um, we look back and and then those voices we were hearing about money, you know, it doesn't grow on trees or da da. You know, all of that plays such an impo- important role in our formation. And when we were growing up, our reptilian, you know, brain was forming that stays anchored inside of us. And then that's why we have fear. We don't know. We don't know how much to charge the coaches out there. They don't know how much to charge or they devalue um, their work and their service they're providing because um, their outcome is amazing. And that's what you're getting paid for, for the outcome these clients are going to get. And, and for the time you've invested and, so money relationship is also amazing and it's it's been um, great to explore that with some of my clients too. Yeah, that's so interesting. Can you can you talk about how you've made success because I think for coaches, especially newer coaches, even like myself, there's just this big hesitancy to ask for uh, a bigger price tag because of that trepidation. You know, I I came from working an hourly wage and so some of the hourly pricing for coaching, mentor coaching that I would receive, my coaching program, those are all big ticket items. And so what's kind of the process that you use to help coaches or any other professional realize their value so that they feel more comfortable really, you know, expressing their worth? These questions, um, these questions like how much time and money that you put into your preparation and education or this. Um, and this is why there's so many ways to become a coach nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, even doesn't matter how much money and time you've invested in it, also life itself. Um, I, I've said it, I've, I'm a mother of eight. How, how do you put a price tag on the experiences I've gone through in my marriage of 26 years and my eight kids? I mean, there's not a price tag that can <laughs> that can be defined, right? Um, I know it's valuable, definitely valuable. So that is why, and, and you coaches out there, I mean, it's just so amazing the background of each coach, right? And the reasons they're, they're called to serve in this, in this field, in this industry. And you, it's so hard to put a price tag on it. And especially when we're starting, right? So think about your years of experience within coaching, like how many years have you been in, in open the, your practice or doing this, your preparation, 
your own experiences and the value you provide and the outcome. What is it that you solve for people? What is it that you help them solve? If it's professional, if it's on their field, if it's life coaching, if it's nutrition, you know, you need to think of the value. And I'm here in Dallas, Texas, the average and also do a search, do your homework, comparing yourself, not because you want to charge the same as the competition, but you want to find a base. You want to find a base when four years ago, when I was being done with the studies and I took like a little business class to help us get out there, um, the average was in my area, it was a dollar per minute okay mm -hmm. so if at least you can charge sixty dollars an hour that's just a base but if you specialize in an area if you specialize that that keeps adding and adding and adding to the value okay so also you need to decide if you're gonna do it per uh, per hour but if you're op you're opening your own business that is no different from like becoming an employee for somebody else and that gets taxing it gets tiring and if you're gonna do packages okay and how your packages are going to be what are they going to include if you're an author you're gonna throw your book in there if you have a webinar oh you're gonna be in my inner circle just signing up with this package and and you can you know enjoy this webinar because it's very good to stack stack little little gifts and um, over the liver, right? So I don't know if that's concretely answering the question as to a price tag, but, but at least for the process of you thinking, I am worthy of this. I have gone through all this and I must charge this for my services because of what I offer, the value I offer. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that rather than saying this is the dollar amount you should charge, I do like the exploratory conversation where you're thinking about the value, the specialty, how much touch point, right? Is it a light touch, like a half an hour call? Is it a call and an inner circle and additional resources? And that, so that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And because I've been to counseling, it was so annoying that 40 minutes into our conversation and, and every coach might be different. Okay. Oh yeah. We know uh, that. <laughs> I know this. In my opinion, I want to over deliver and I want to take time for each of my clients. And I always say my sessions go from 60 minutes to 90. And that goes so well. And my clients receive it so well, especially the ones that have been to counseling and it's only one hour. And at the 10, you know, 10 till the hour, there's you're finally feeling comfortable sharing what happened the last week getting ready to open up for the new thing and it's almost time to go. And they remind <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Sometimes I hold, cause I have little packages too, for people that are not willing to put in, you know, a lot of time and money into it. I have the mini sessions that are like my right on the dot 60 minutes, but they know what they're paying for. Right. So, and you pay for what you get, <clears throat> excuse me, but my packages, bigger packages, <clears throat> I want to be very generous if I'm if I'm charging an amount of dollar that's going to motivate me to work with that client. <clears throat> 60 to 90 minute sessions, <clears throat> taking time and um, it's just great. I love it. That's so, <laughs> so cool. What, what works for you? You need to decide. And I would love to help anybody going through that journey um, to help them de determine how, how much to charge and packages 
is great. And having a chart where people can decide and get like a menu uh, is always great. So one of the central questions that we ask in this show is how do those who support others support themselves? So Lori, I'd like to invite you to share with eight kids and all this going on and so many different things. How do you support yourself? It's beautiful, beautiful question. It's so important. It's so crucial. And I want to start with the saying from the our great friends, the our flight attendants, when we are not paying attention, but there's they're up front in front of us telling us to put on our oxygen mask first, should there be an emergency before we help our fellow beings right next to us, right? How can we help somebody when we're not breathing ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all about self-care. Self-care, self-care. It is so crucial and it's so important for us to take care of ourselves, feed our minds with great literature, great books that are going to inspire, motivate us uh, and learn from so we can be stay current. So we know what to share with our clients like, oh, my goodness, I just read this last week. And this so applies with this new, you know, new client um, feeding our bodies, feeding our body to a, in a nutritious way and moving it so we can keep it healthy. This feeding our mind, feeding our body. And also doing those things that are fun, rewarding yourself. Man, we work so hard. And I know if you're listening and you're a coach, you're naturally a giver. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever would make you say that? I just, we, right? We just met, know that you are a giver. You know it. I just know it. And I am too. And I have been too. And you said it being a mom of, you know, of kids and all that. We are givers and we need to give ourselves, put ourselves first so we can be re-energized, refocus so that we can impact lives and have that energy so we can provide that change and transformation to others. We need to walk our walk walk and talk the talk you know we need to do those things for self-maintenance for self-survival you know survival and self-love and self-compassion we need to do that so i have a morning routine i work out every morning i read uh, from spiritual books according to my religion my belief system because i need to be right with my higher power and then right with myself, that that aligns me with my values, my personal goals, and my professional goals, goals go in alignment. So I need to be right with, with my belief system and my higher power so I can be good with myself and then ready to shine, ready for the day. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And what has any literature, whether it be either spiritual or just something that have has fed your mind? stands out as being really impactful? Very simple. I love the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. I teach that uh, forward with my clients, English and Spanish. And sometimes I have extra copies and I give them away. Um, The four agreements, so simple concepts. Help me if I remember all of them is do your best. uh, Use, be impeccable with your words. um, Don't take anything personally or personal. And then there's one more. Do not assume, do not assume, don't make assumptions. So that's, that has saved my life. 
and be impeccable with your words. I mean, I do hypnosis, which is reprogramming people, you know, helping people reprogram their thought processing patterns and words. Words become things. We become what we think of, what we are telling to ourselves. So I love that um, that agreement that Don Miguel Ruiz included there. Anything by also um, Steve Covey and John Maxwell. Love those authors too. Yeah. Covey has been recommended a couple times on this podcast. So my last question is, you said you had a morning routine. Care to dive into any specifics? Sure. I pray. I meditate, whether that is just quiet uh, my mind or a guided meditation. I don't have a hypnosis person around me. We are very few around. So I have a classmate that we exchange hypnosis with each other, but it's long distance. It's over the phone. Um, So I listen to a lot of guided meditations. Um, Did I say I work out and then water, hydrating myself, um, having fun, also um, self-help books and great care practice chiropractic appointments. I need if I'm aching or sore, I need I need either a massage or chiropractic care. Um it's just what makes me happy. If if um sometimes it's a pedicure, if you're a woman out there and you need to reward yourself with just sitting and relaxing and doing pedicure. I know men sometimes do pedicures too. <laughs> I hear that. Um uh, but whatever it takes, I do stand up paddleboarding in the lakes here in Texas. Um I, I love aerial yoga. Um, have you tried that, Jason? I have not. I stand. I stick with regular on the ground yoga right now. <laughs> yes. So if you do yoga already, oh my goodness, aerial yoga, it's amazing. It's amazing. It just helps me be a child. So so that inner child that everybody has <laughs> that we get out and play, I feel like a little kid in that class. I used to love hammocks coming from Puerto Rico, right, in the Caribbean, putting a hammock at the beach. And then uh, I loved swings. So aerial yoga gives me that opportunity to feel like I'm that little kid again, swinging in a hammock or a swing, uh, you know, or or a swing. So having fun, having fun is crucial for self-care. So you need to have fun out there and you'll become a happier, joyful, fulfilled coach and, and professional to serve and change the world. We need that. We need that. Very wise words. Well, excelente. Muchas gracias, Lori. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find out more about you? De nada, or you're welcome. My pleasure, and it's been an honor. And yes, people can find me in uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and also at steadfast-forward.com. I love for people to step step fast and forward into their greatness. So that is my website, steadfast-forward.com. And you can email me at lori at steadfast-forward.com. Cool. We'll have links to all those in the show notes. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information on Hawthorne Union, you can go to www.hawthorneunion.com or reach us at info at hawthorneunion.com. 